Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. All right, well, welcome to the Faith Over Breakfast podcast. My name is Eric Seepin and I am pastor of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. And across from me is... Andy. Littleton. Mission Church. Mission Church. And uh, yeah, it was a good good time. We we discussed a question that we got in. It has to do with more ancient forms of worship, liturgies. But the question is, is this sustainable when young people, younger people who are now getting potentially more interested in this, is this movement um, going to last or is this a temporary thing? And I don't know that we solved that, but we uh, we just mumbled our way through it. We well, yeah, actually, I think it was. I think it's really interesting. If you if there's any part of you that kind of wonders about this, or frankly, if you uh, plan to have kids and raise them in the church, the last part of the episode is especially helpful. Helpful, I think so. So there's a couple housekeeping things that we need to take care of. One of our promotionals that we are starting is called Andy and Eric's Bookshelf. I had no idea this was coming. Oh, he does. (laughs) Andy and Eric (laughs) have lots of books that they don't read anymore or even think are useful. But you might. Or they might be be useful to you. (laughs) They might be useful to you. So if you send in a question and you are in the 50 states, we're going to limit this because it's rather expensive for us to mail them outside Mm. of the 50 states. Uh, If you get a question... You ask it, give us your address, and Andy and Eric will pull a book off their shelf. And Andy said, give us a little bit of your interests, and maybe we can fit something into that. We'll mail you a book from our uh, ah. from our bookshelf. There um, you go. That's so, true. I'm very excited about that. Uh, the other thing is Laura Seepin emailed us, and she asked a question. And the question was, could you have your wives on? Yeah. And mm. I think... We might be able to arrange that. That would be an interesting podcast. That would be an interesting podcast. And we and we have discussed having our youth pastors on. Yes. That's that was an interesting and, thought too. So. And that's in the works. I just need to email Rick Drost and get him there and then we'll see about your youth leader. By in the works you mean um we have thought about that. Yes. Yeah. As busy pastors yeah. who <laughs> do this podcast on the side. Yeah. And, and, we've, and we have some other uh, topics that we've yes, engaged. We, so, well, anyway, yeah. brace yourselves. It's yeah, going to be real. We're ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're this coming. This is exciting. <laughs> we're coming, we're coming after coming you. For you. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. All right. Yeah, I'm quiet. Check it. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check one, two. Check one two. Check one two. So one of the things is is you do talk quieter and yeah. then you have a really loud laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll put that on repeat so it just goes. <laughs> there you go. That can be the intro. Oh, Eric, <laughs> you know I'd love that. Oh, I know you would. I would. Oh man. Well, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm too loud. So, I mean, I could fix it, but I just don't have the time to bother with fixing your laugh. So then it ends up a little quieter. Even which, though I've compressed it and stuff, I just don't spend that much time on it. Which is why if uh, you sponsor this podcast for just $100 a month, we will hire a professional editor. Yes, we will. And so if this bothers you enough, <laughs> dig deep, my friends. and you Dig can, deep. You can help us. Because if you wonder 
Why is Andy quiet? Well, it's because we do this for I do a for total of, for those of you who do sound editing and stuff, 10 minutes of editing on this podcast. And I do a, an approximate 10 minutes of complaining, but then doing nothing to solve the problem. That's right. Yeah. Because he could just pay $100 himself. And dig deep personally <laughs> and show his actual commitment to his own podcast. Yeah. Hey, hey. So we, by the way, mm. let's just acknowledge one of our listeners who we're not going to talk about today, but my sister-in-law, Laura, oh. emailed us on Faith yeah. Over Breakfast and just said, hey, I, I love you guys. So, Laura, we are going to send you a book, and we're sending Jacob a book. So, there are no more books that Andy wrote available. Mm, the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. Well, from us. From us. They're on Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Yeah. I just a key, Little cu- man, key right? couple in my, uh, in my church. I realized key? they didn't know I'd written anything. I mean, they're very involved. Here's my point. They're very involved. And it came up. I mentioned something about, yeah, I even touched on that in my book once. And they said, what book? Oh, what? What? You don't listen to the podcast. You don't know I wrote a book. What? What's going on? You know, and this is partly because outside of social media, I, did, I guess I don't really talk about it. Yeah, you lot. don't talk about it a lot. And, you know, this is similar. I was over at my in-laws and they're all talking about, oh, what about that salad and go place? I'm like, mm, you obviously don't, don't listen, listen to the podcast. podcast. We have talked we about, talked salad, about and salad and go. We have, yeah. We thought maybe they'd even be a sponsor of our podcast. I did email them and uh, it's been crickets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It was worth a shot. Well, you know, it sometimes is. knock and the door shall be left closed unto you. Right. And, anyway. Hey, so uh, so we're going to we, talk about Jacob Lewis's. Yeah, yeah, we got a we got a great question from Jacob, and and we had said you had to live somewhere else, and the great thing is that Jacob moved out of town, and then he qualified, so he <laughs> gets his book and uh, and his question. But I should say the, I, the th- funny thing is that he's he's going to Spain, right? That's the that's the plan. But I, we're mailing it to Phoenix. Because Thankfully. of <laughs> I appreciate that, that Jacob. is helpful. Yeah, the uh, the visas are kind of held up. Cost yeah. us twenty bucks. Ooh, yeah. Wow. That's so if you want to know where there. the, the we budget goes. We could have produced a podcast. We could have produced a podcast. Anyway, uh, yes. So we are we are sending Jacob a book. And I, I should just say this before, real quick. Uh, we miss this guy. Jacob Jacob and Laura, these were people who at our church are, they are beloved friends. And uh, I hope they come back. So as this goes out there, Jacob, miss you, man. Yeah, Laura, so what very is much. Jacob doing in Spain? Uh, yeah, so so Laura is Laura has like some work lined up, and like I said, their their visas are in flux, and Jacob's going to find some while they're there. It's okay. probably a year, okay. um, and yeah, they're they're a young couple. It's going to be cool for them to get to go and yeah. and experience this. I'm, I'm excited Spain for them. That's a cool deal right there. Yeah, and. Uh, Anyway, yeah, no, that's that's very cool. So they will be missed. Hopefully it's a great experience. And hopefully uh, talking about this question is is helpful. So, so, so let's outline the question. Yeah, and maybe I should read it, but let's see. Let's see how much I I'll fill care. you in where you mess up. Okay, let's see how much I remember. Um, essentially, it's this idea of the more ancient forms of worship and Jacob is bringing up that some people are wanting to return to high liturgies, if you will, and more ancient forms of 
worship, I assume that would include things like following the church calendar and um, maybe uh, reciting creeds and confessions, confessions and um, common book of prayer, maybe. Yeah. Or if you're in the Orthodox Church, even being part of the the being done in, in, in the Greek language or in Latin. If Utilizing you're Catholic. icons, yes, potentially. The utilization of icons, incense, things like that. Yeah, and he didn't make this list, but no. these are things that tend to, to fall into those categories. And so he, I think the core of his question, I thought, was, is this actually a sustainable way to to keep faith vibrant for the people Sure. Moving that direction. Or is this just a fad? And should right. we really be trying that hard to embrace some of this stuff if it's kind of a fad? So, And he linked it, by the way, to Jordan Peterson yes. and some of his friends who were not followers of Jesus who are beginning to Engaging. explore faith. And instead of maybe coming through the door of such an ordinary Protestant church, they were going through the door oh, of Jordan. the Orthodox church mm. or the Catholic church. Or there's a, mm-hmm. a perceived connection to something more ancient, yes, and and less revolutionary in the sense of yeah. Protestants are uh, protesting things in their yeah. origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So, right, he did engage Peterson, and that people were basically getting intrigued by faith through voices such as Peterson's, who are outside of the church, and then they're getting to look at the many ways to enter into the church. And some and and sometimes, if not often, opting for some of these more ancient versions. And he and he's wondering, is that sustainable? So okay, here we are at breakfast. I have coffee. Um, I had breakfast with my daughter. You had breakfast. I know that's so nice of you. Thank um, you. And I'm th- a nice guy. So this is the breakfast table conversation. So w- what's what's your? You've talked about some of these things more than me sure. classically over the years. We uh, our church has a liturgy. I'm a believer that every church does yeah, we just every, don't call yeah. it that and a liturgy is just the uh, process that you go through when you yeah. get there on sunday yeah to worship god yeah and the you work have set the, things that you do the work of the people yes but um but yeah so why have you engaged in some of that yeah and well the the, the village is oddly very liturgical in the traditional sense we follow the church calendar we practice Lent, we celebrate Eastertide, we see the summer and part of the fall as the common time when we you do discipleship, hmm. and then we, nine times out of ten, celebrate Advent. We'll always celebrate Advent, but it sometimes is not as in the forefront. Yeah. So we go through this process, every, and then we'll, uh, then what is the, whoops. What is the after Christmas? It's called the. Uh, I'm just blanking right now, but anyway, the yeah. time between Lent and Christmas is a particular thing that I forget. But so yeah, we celebrate that. We proclaim the creed, uh, the Apostles' Creed. We read, we pray the Lord's Prayer, um, and we have a confession point in our, our, you know, where we have read confessions every week. Um, so we corporate confession yeah. together. So all of those, I think anchor to me, they are things that I can rely on and anchor me back into what's important. And they anchor me into a process that has been going on for a very, very long time. Um, and Christians have been doing it through time. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we do that. And it's familiar. So once you come a few times, you understand, oh, th- this is a time when we're going to be quiet and pray. This is the time we're reciting the creed. You know, so there, there are things that you can quickly lock into. We don't have a ton of them. There's not a lot of standing, sitting, standing, sitting, you know, what you might get in yeah. the Catholic Church. Because you, you all do these things, but the way in which you do them, having experienced some of them with you, doesn't feel anything like right. what other people might have experienced. Oddly, themso- it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. Oddly yeah. enough, if you are if you grew up Catholic, you'll come to the village, and a lot of people who do like, oh, yeah. One of the reasons I stuck here is because it felt a lot like when I was a kid, but different. But different. Yeah, it familiar enough, but different. And yeah. I have heard that, actually. In our context, yeah, when that, yeah, there's it's much very liturgical. People will say, "I can see that you're liturgical, but it comes across very different." Yeah. Um, and and ours is even ours is a different version than yours. Yeah. Maybe a little less. Maybe there's yeah, some more other subtle formalities more subtle. that you have that we don't, and, and vice I versa. Think, yeah, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you? Did you grow up with any of this? <laughs> I grew up with what people would call low church. Yeah, so I so grew t- up yeah with brethren. Church, the but, brethren, which is you know for people who don't know who they are, you link them to the Mennonites. I mean, yeah. they're at some level there, often pacifistic, um, or or were originally yes. and then... originally pacifistic. They don't have paid pastors; they have elders. It's an elder-driven church with nobody being paid, so there's not yeah. that. Um, they do communion every week. They have a communion service before you go to church. Oh, okay. And so I grew up with that until I was seven. And then I just basically grew up in Baptist church until we returned to the brethren when I was in high school for a little bit. And then we went back to the regular non-denominational world. Yeah. So you've been, you've had a bit of a tour, but not. But not on the high church. Not on the high church. My father, on the other hand, grew up Catholic and has strong Catholic ties, um, even though we never, he never took us to the Catholic church. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do have a bit of the appreciation for that. And I, my dad grew up Lutheran, but never in my life did we, I mean, I actually went to the Lutheran church. His family kind of stewarded, co-founded maybe once um, in my entire life, and that was in Bisbee. And so he was he was in the Lutheran church up until almost when I was born, because he and my mom met later in life, and they dated and married pretty quickly and he was in the Lutheran church until then I didn't even know that until later because my mom had become a Christian in the Pentecostal church okay and my dad was open to that and I just learned this on our trip with my mom that the reason my dad was as open to it as he was cuz was cuz the Pentecostal church allowed gave him space to play music he was a musician oh cool and so he would come and play music with the pentecostals cuz there was space for that and so then when my mom was like was wanting to be involved there it was uh, wasn't so drastic An for easy him easy transition for him yeah and they, this was a milder pentecostalism honestly uh, than some have experienced and so I grew up first in the Pentecostal church, and that's even where we were when we moved to Tucson and went to what's what was called Victory. I just found out Victory just changed its name. To Zion. Zion City Church. Yeah, I did not know that until recently. Um, the Victory of our day when we moved here is very different than the Victory people have known for the past 10, 15 years. But it was also very different from what we experienced in a small town. Right. And it was, it didn't click. And we ended up going to a mega 
sort of Baptist church, which here is called Casas. That's where we went for okay. a while. So not liturgical no. at all. And and then there's been there was a tour for me personally in working in some churches and doing internships and such. Um, the closest uh, Chicago when I moved there in my early twenties, I was Christian Reformed, and that was the that was the most liturgical I had ever experienced, and it was actually in South Chicago, so it was a fusion of liturgical and kind of black gospel. Which- Got to be pretty interesting. It was. It was cool, but I've never, you know, that's kind of its own unique right. situation. But, um, yeah. So that's my. That's where I've. I think that all factors in. So, for me, I'm trying. I think. I think deciding to add in liturgy for me, it was a conversation when I was interning in a church plant. I read things like Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper. That got me interested. Hmm. But even what I've added in probably feels like very little to some. But right there, you go. Um, okay, sustainable. When you see younger people flocking, or you you just gave me some stats. You should talk about that before we started the podcast that you had seen. But when you see kind of younger people like Jacob brought up, they're they're engaging with Peterson or something like that, and they're going, "I'm going to try Orthodox." Right. Do you, he asked the question about is that sustainable? What do you what do you think? Well, I, I guess the interesting question is well not question, the thing to look at I think there are two categories of people. One category are people who let's say they became Christians in a campus ministry and then the church itself they, they ended up at, you know, vanilla Baptist, vanilla Lutheran, whatever. They ended up at a church out of college and it's like, oh, this isn't have the same substance in their mind. I hope hoping, there is a church called Vanilla Baptist. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I should look that up. Vanilla Baptist Church. And so they begin to explore their faith and they find that there are these things like within the Orthodox Church where they say, oh, well, we can trace ourselves all the way back to Peter yeah. and the laying on of hands through all of our priests. And by the way, the Orthodox can actually do that much better than the Catholics. But the Catholics yeah. say the same thing. And so their their then their worship is anchored in 2000 years of history yeah. and that becomes substantial and then you begin to experience something different than vanilla baptist and so you move from that and there have been movements out of campus crusade movements out of the uh, a number of different oh the plumber is here so we're yeah. going to pause turns out we didn't have to pause yeah. actually this is that was the you, <laughs> I was in a big old... We were only gone for 10 seconds. 10 seconds. And so I'm not quite sure what I was saying, but... You were in movements out of Campus Crusade. Yeah, Campus Crusade and other communities where you see these transitions. The other category, I think, is uh, what Jacob was talking about, is friends who were not followers of Jesus begin to be exposed to people like Jordan Peterson and others, and they are really trying to think about what is true mm-hmm. and what is good. And so they feel this call back to church but maybe what they see as the secular or from a secular perspective, the church itself in the Protestant world seems a little bit maybe shallow or not intellectual enough or whatever. Or disconnected. Disconnected. Or, or and so they move they want to move for something that seems more substantial and to them something that's ancient seems more substantial. Yeah. So they're headed there to find out about God and who he is and 
And and I guess when I when I think about sustainable, I that word or that question, what comes to mind for me is I'll I tend to think yes and no. I mean it it's it depends on the particular journey here. Uh, will some people find something that just really they really embed this into their lives? Yeah, quite possibly. For some people, is this just another thing that's being tried? Um, you know, toes dipped in. Sure, I, probably. I think that, okay, the, what might be going for those more liturgical and historical churches and as far as sustainability goes is these practices will be there most likely in another 50 years. Yes. They could be returned to, they can be remembered, they're shaping. Whereas if you jump into your kind of more typical non-denominational church, that whole church from what we've observed over the past decade could be an utterly different church in five years. Right. And so that is very disruptive to somebody who kind of comes in, is shaped, formed there, and then, oh, it's a new pastor comes in, it's a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something I've seen, and even though we started outside of a denomination more with friends and neighbors. I, I hope we aren't, you know, on this like drastic change trajectory that I've seen a lot of other churches go through. We could probably sit down and name churches in town that look nothing like they looked 10 years ago. Right. And yeah. I, and, the, and they're, so they're personality driven a lot of times. Yes. And, and certainly I know from. And, and have... driven by, by, uh, what's popular like yes. you could whether it's music styles or ways of communicating yes. sure whereas with the catholic church yes the parish priests are very different um but the liturgy is the same and so it's familiar you can go from parish to parish and you can feel okay and comfortable in this and and, and safe to explore things and you're not gonna most of the time you won't find things out of bounds or different you can, but yes, but it, it's yeah. relatively the same. Yeah, there's. It's interesting. You've brought up before, um, like burger joints and stuff like that. As far as how churches should be, this is this is very maybe tangential, but also could be interesting. It's you know when you go to the Orthodox Church, in a way, it's like if you go to In and Out Burger in Tucson versus California you know you're going to get the same experience. Will the manager be different? Will the employee right, right. have a different twinkle in their eye, perhaps? Will it be shaped slightly different? Yeah, yeah barely. But, barely, yeah. But overall, you're going to get the same thing. You can right. you can expect it. And then some of us go, oh, that's so nice. That's so refreshing. And others go, yeah, it's boring. I want to try the local place that right. feels like the culture. Um, and... I don't, I don't know if there's a perfect version of that for the church. It seems like a hybrid of that to me would be good. Sure. If there were some things, and I would say this in all Christian churches, that people could generally expect. Um, I, you know, I, I get to be in discussions these days on a denominational level about church planting, and, and I think people are asking questions about, does preaching need to be there? Does, um, does music need to be there? And or what if we all just did kind of missional enterprises and we met up and talked about that? Is that church doing life with Jesus's people, spending time together? And I'm more of a I'm I'm not so much a proponent of that. I I think that there should be worship. I think that we're 
commanded to worship in the Bible, not just so God can control us, but because that's we're built to worship. And if we aren't formed to worship Christ, um, God in Christ, we will worship other things um, first and foremost, even in our missional endeavors. And so I'm a believer that there needs to be worship, um, that there needs—and by worship, I don't mean necessarily— bands and stuff but sure expressions of of praise to god right. and and i think that we do need to hear from i think we gather to hear from god so that's where the word comes into play and then we grace is administered to us by christ and that's where things like the the table um and you know the lord's supper i personally think that those things and and oversight and discipleship sure. and or discipline of the church. I believe those things should, you should expect that everywhere. But then I also kind of have the side of me that thinks it should feel kind of like the place you're in. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a proponent of that combo. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I agree with you. And I think those are, are, I, I think those are attractive churches to be part of. I, I think the thing that's interesting to me is I do think that there is with, young white men mm. this especially young white intellectuals yeah who are feeling in some level maybe in the public eye uh being kind of the target sure and they're trying to figure out what is good and right yeah and so they're on a search and jordan peterson yeah. has touched that because in some ways they they found that you know sitting in mom's basement doesn't really yeah. have a lot of meaning and people want to have meaning in their life yeah. and you see this in particular uh, I don't know how many people have been listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill we did a little bit of an episode on that but it attracted young white men yeah and especially. what you see in the documentary is that the message was attractive be a man mm-hmm. take care of your family and I think there's a longing within men. To be to have meaning and substance, and to help someone and to do something in the yeah. world, and so I do actually think, and that's not all. I should I should say, despite not, what Driscoll did with that, it's not bad. It's not all bad. Yeah, no, no. I think sometimes the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church gives you a place to begin in that. Yeah, to feel like okay, well, I'm going to connect to something with deep meaning and and purpose and and a history to be explored and some of the greatest thinkers like Aquinas and Augustine, Thomas Merton, and Thomas Merton, yeah. all these, you know, so there's such richness. Yeah. yeah. And so you're going to like want to be part of this and maybe that will help you make sense of what's happening in this world and what spirituality is and what faith is. And I think especially from, from people who are really, really smart and who are well-educated and they're wrestling with that because those are the people you're seeing come back to these churches. Mm-hmm. It's not, and I'm not saying that you know your your average everyday mechanic or your uh, you know people who do blue collar jobs are not smart because they're brilliant, but they aren't actually the people flocking back to church in these Orthodox communities mm. and Catholic. Communities. It is generally educated, generally, and English, certainly yeah. as soon as I say that, some guy is going to email and say, "Well, you know." I, I work at the grocery yeah. store, and I I came back to the Orthodox Church, or sure. whatever. But I went to the Orthodox. But if you were to if you were to talk, like yeah. as far as large samples go, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not. And so, what is that saying? I mean, I think 
our culture doesn't give men in general a lot of place to have a voice in a good way. It just certainly we have lots of voice in power and in not in a bad way, but we're not we're not like how do I take responsibility for who I am and have meaning and purpose in life? That's not there's no coming of age things that we practice yeah. or anything like that. Well, another thing that those that more liturgical churches do is they offer structure, and I yes. and as much as we that, tend point, to right. like run from structure, we clearly in our culture also long for it and need yes. it. So in an age of, think about this, in an age of remote work, mm-hmm. I mean, I tend to look at, I, maybe I'm a glass half full guy. I don't know if I am actually. I get down on a lot of things. But I tend to see these opportune moments. One third full. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you know, one of those opportune moments to me is post-pandemic, you know, a lot of remote work, people are moving to our city because of the ability to, to work remotely what what things are there that are that are structured that you can depend on when you make your own schedule you kind of shape your own life you decide you're you're like right. i'm going to go i'm just going to adventure and i'll get my work done that leaves this major box unchecked and yes. that and that box is is something to kind of pattern my life after to live for to depend to, to depend on and i think that those traditions offer some of that and some people might run to that temporarily, and others might really find a home in in some of those, um, you know, rituals in the good sense. And and it's probably kind of a mixed bag, but I think yeah, it's a need. And maybe maybe when society, when people feel like they're boxed in by all of their various traditions, I mean, society wide, maybe there's that movement toward more free form churches. Right. And when people feel like there's nothing consistent anymore, they move back toward things like structured worship. Right. Yeah. And I think my answer to the question is, is it sustainable? I would say yes and no. Like anything in the move of the spirit of God, um, some people are going to go to the Catholic church. They're going to find Jesus. They're going to live their life for Jesus. And they're going to stay in the Catholic Orthodox Church or right. the Anglican Church, a place with high liturgies and more ancient kind of connections in the way that they think of themselves. And that's awesome. And some are going to go and they're not going to like it and they're going to leave. And maybe they'll end up at a Protestant church or maybe they'll walk away from everything completely. That's how the spirit works. Yeah. He moves in these movements and people find him and they hold on to him and others find him and walk away from him. It's it's how this works and God doesn't have any problem using the Orthodox church or the vanilla right. Baptist church. Right. They, to, they to bring all, you to him. they all have their place. A, a yep. few conversations. Well, one, uh, John Foreman, the lead singer of Switchfoot kind of surprised people at one point when he, you know, said that he really was more of a liturgical worship. Um, you know, that was his preference. Here's a rock and roll star. Right. But he's, he was like, I, I live rock and roll every day. That's not what I want when I come and, Right. Come before God and worship. Right. And I had a similar conversation with a guy, and this was not a believer, but he was a he was a, a rave uh, DJ, and we were talking about churches as years ago, and he said, "You know, I if I were to go, I would want to go somewhere where it felt transcendent and where there were rituals." And I was so surprised because I, I said, "You're a rave guy." And he goes, "Yeah." Again, like he said, "That's my whole life is." You know, it's 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 crazy. 
All right. I want peace and tranquility and I want to I want to sit and stand and you know, I want those things. And then uh, similarly, another uh, friend of, of mine that, you know, too, I had a conversation with the other day and, and as a, you know, just, you know, generation a- ahead of me was struggling with why younger people are into this liturgy stuff. And, uh, and, and he was coming more from, you know, he had wanted the freedom when he was younger. And it's surprising to him that his kids want structure and liturgy. And there's, there's probably movements of time and trends and everything that affects how the things that we connect with. and Right. And I actually think, oddly enough, inside the church where you have people who grew up in the church and let's say in the Vanilla Baptist Church, part of the reason that they're looking for that structure is my – Nine times out of ten, their parents have moved three or four churches. Yes, because things oh, weren't gosh. so they don't have the consistency. That's actually, and as I, I just briefly think about it, I've seen that to be very true. And I and it's almost always the, those people mm-hmm. who their children are looking for something more stable. Yeah, I mean it's true for me. I bounced around a ton of churches when I was a kid. I don't want, even if I weren't a pastor. I will, even if I don't like what's happening in this church, as long as they fit inside the orthodox, you know, belief system, I'm going to stay there. You're just tired of getting dragged around. Yeah. I just want to be able to be in the people I know with a liturgy I know and, and a structure that I understand. And then I can, I can commit to following Jesus in that and being myself. And one of the things I saw as a middle school youth leader back in the day was that parents always felt like they needed to move and and have a nicer house for their kids more space mm-hmm. and the kids usually didn't like it um they typically missed the little old house they used to have the move yep. the move is chaotic it's so and, hard on children and by the time they finally like settled in they're they're going off to college right and then the family downsizes the house right and then the kid doesn't even have that to come back to right so they come back to a house they never had and there's a ton and I mean that's that's a very new phenomenon that didn't used to no it did not happen and so these kids don't have a home. And I think that's very true of church. Like this quest to find the best church for your kids often leaves your your kids feeling like they never had a home, right? Um, and things aren't stable. And that's probably just a that's a life connecting right. that with house. I think that's so true. Of their, their parents don't have the same job. They don't have the same neighbors. They don't. Right. And actually, for the most part, because I've done college ministry and I've done high school ministry. And I've done singles ministry, and now I have been a pastor for 20 years. My What I have learned is that most children, now this is not the rule overall, mm-hmm. but most children don't care about the youth group. They care about the youth in their community, wherever they yeah. go to church, but that's their place. Yes. And, and they like the adults. They like the kids. They don't care if there's 30 of them. No. Now, sometimes if they go to a church and there's no peers their age and it happens a long time, that's a little bit difficult. But even then, they're like, they begin to make friends with adults they oh, begin man. or younger kids. So our church just, you know, it's been a year of having this youth small group. My right. daughter wanted to tell the whole church about it. I'll tell you what, she brings a couple friends from school here and there. Her favorite thing about this youth small group is these like young adults in the church who take time and are interested in her too. It's, it's not that it's a bunch of kids her age. It's that other adults in the church are, 
interested interested in her, in her and want to know about her life and and uh, so and she kind of she connects with them not just in that small group but just at church in general right so in many ways she doesn't have this youth group at our church we happen to I'm the pastor right so there's a you know in a way she doesn't have a lot of options but she is she likes our we when we went on vacation. Um, recently and visited other churches she several times is like i miss our church yes when my when my when we go on vacation i take a month off yeah my kids we used to go we go to other services on vacation my kids refuse to go to the other churches they want to go to the village and they get very upset yeah if they cannot go to the village yeah so it's their church and and it's not as much as it's mine and so they don't want to miss it it's their friends their worship they have things they offer that they want to offer and they don't want to miss out on offering them yep exactly and and right yeah younger kids are a factor in that with uh with my daughter too and anyway so uh it's stability stability and and maybe ancient forms provide that but maybe it's just partially not always trying to find the better thing yeah i like that all right well we can end on that note then all right hey jacob thanks for the question that was great and um even though the books are gone you can always email us with any questions faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com if you rate us it means a lot because that means that uh it shows up a little more on people's searches and such so we appreciate you taking the time to listen and eric because of these pauses gets to invest more time in editing Editing, so maybe you'll be able to hear andy i've never not been able to hear andy but some of you think you can't so i'm going to give him a little bit of a boost this week Andy will have a boost. Hey, Andy boost. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Siepen and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.